listening to Two Girls, One Podcast, supported by Penguin Random House Audio, publishers of all the audiobooks on your holiday wish list. Top favorites include Crazy Rich Asians, Harry Potter, Game of Thrones, Stranger Things, and Everything's Trash, But It's Okay. Treat yourself or someone you love to an audiobook experience they can enjoy on their commute or while they work. Download your favorite Penguin Random House audiobooks in the apps you already use, like Audible and Barnes & Noble, or visit penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash podcast to browse their selection. Hi guys, I'm Jen. I'm Allie. I was about to say welcome to One Girl Two Podcasts, but it's really Two Girls One Podcast. Are you breaking up show. with me? We're gonna do separate <laughs> podcasts now. <laughs> uh, no, but Allie, you do have another podcast coming out. It's called Allie Rants. Isn't that something that's happening? <laughs> no, maybe, maybe. Spin off, spin off. Spin I know off. the fans are demanding it. <laughs> yes, spin offs always go so well, like that Joey show after Friends. Yeah. Well. Frasier was a spinoff of Cheers, yes, and that exactly. did quite well. Thank you. Oh, you're right. You're Thank right. You. You're right. Stay I tuned give, for Allie Rance. <laughs> <laughs> I give spinoffs a 50-50 shot. That's All success. Right. <laughs> um, so we are performers. Well, Matt, I don't know, Matt, you're kind of a performer, but Allie and I are performers. Um, <laughs> we are. <Okay>. Uh, <laughs> We had a live show, have a live show called Blogologues in which we perform internet material on stage using the internet as our scripts. From there, we created a web series called Two Girls, One Show, where we interviewed people behind different internet communities and posts that we found really interesting. And Allie and I, over the years, have just dived deeper and deeper into the world of the internet. And that led us here today to Two Girls, One Podcast, where we interview people um, who in some way have uh, used the internet to come together with other humans or really uh, get deeper into their own interests. So... Today, we've talked a lot about social media on this podcast. Um, we even talked with a psychologist about the psychological effects of it. Um, today, we're going to like a whole new level with this, with this cool video uh, that is coming out on Broadly. Yeah, that's correct. I was just thinking how eloquent you are and how I, <laughs> I just ramble about things that I'm thinking in my brain hole. Um, but Ali, I'm just going to say you're funnier than I am. So we balance each other out. That's not true. That's not true. What's funny, though, about you is that when you do say something bad shit, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> um, but yeah, so this today's episode. So um, Jen just mentioned broadly. I hope everyone's familiar with it because yay, ladies. But uh Basically, it's Vice's women's vertical. So they did a video looking into this phenomenon where people are getting plastic surgery to match their Snapchat. So it might get dark. I'm not sure. I'm a little sad about the topic, but also really curious. We watched the video. You should too. Um, yeah. It's really, really fascinating. The, the, the women interviewed on it who are getting these treatments surgeries uh are really kind of like incredibly open and honest and they seem pretty cool like i would get drinks with them you know mm-hmm. uh <laughs> yeah me too so we're talking to the producer of the video and one of the women who was featured in the video they're going to be together yeah so before we get too dark um jen how do you feel about me and you yeah. snapchatting together do a little face swap take it into the surgeon 
<laughs> well, based on a face swap that you and I did years ago, I feel like somebody's. You, it we did sw- not at all look it like look you scrambled good. our faces in a frying pan. It didn't look good. We, have, yeah. I mean, I, I want to say I think we're both beautiful, but like we we're very different looking. We're and- opposite looking <laughs> as far op- as two white girls go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So I don't feel too good about that. <laughs> I did a face swap with my friend's baby and it looked really weird. That's the fun times. Yeah. That's yeah, when but, you gotta yeah. do it. Is that, yeah. Isn't that the baby face that like society's <laughs> telling you to put on your body though? No. And then I no. sent it to my friends. I was like, I fake cause you can face swap like with a photo. So for some reason I face swap with their baby and I sent it to them and they were not happy. <laughs> <laughs> it looked really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Every yeah. time they look at their baby now, all they can see is you. <laughs> uh, face swapping came out and became popular right when we had our first child and all of my colleagues at work, just that's all they did was me and my baby swapping. And it was terrifying. <laughs> wait, wait, your colleagues would face swap themselves with Amelia. Themselves, me, you know, celebrity. It was just all but over But when the you place. do it with someone who's biologically related to, it's kind of weird because I face swapped with my nephew and I was like, oh, that like kind of is my face a totally. little bit. Like it looks totally. pretty weird, but yeah. Yep. So Jen and I are going to face swap and take it to the doctor. Yeah. And then we're going to have a face off. <laughs> like who was in that movie? John Travolta. Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Nicholas Cage. <laughs> who, speaking of faces, doesn't, he's a vampire. He's a vampire. <laughs> All right. If you could be John Travolta or Nick Cage, which one of that do you Nick Cage, he's, you a, he's a vampire. There's oh, all okay. these like photos throughout that history. That's a positive statement. Cage. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll be Travolta. Mm-hmm. What did, yeah, all right. I'll be Travolta. <laughs> You're not so happy just, about that. But I'll be Travolta like Saturday Night Fever era. Definitely. After sure. that, sure. forget about it. <laughs> just kidding. I'm sorry, John. No, I mean, I'm the, sorry. The, the Grease era is good, too. You should be oh. John Travolta and I'll be Sandy. Why didn't we do this as a couple's costume for Halloween uh, one year? I don't oh, know. That'd be great. But if I could oh really God, be somebody be in Grease, I would be Kanicki. I was always obsessed with Kanicki. <laughs> no, but so actually, hot. you as John Travolta and me as uh, Olivia Newton-John is a really funny yeah, Halloween I would pair. love to see that next year. <laughs> I'm into all right, it. All right, all right, all right. Let's do <laughs> it. I think um, getting back to our topic today, I think we need to oh, give the topic, our... topic, right. Yes, yeah. We we should explain the topic. I think we should give our listeners a bit more context about what this video is and 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 the culture here. And I actually have a clip, an audio clip of the video queued up. If we want to like take a listen and and you know maybe react to it. Hang on, hit hit it. Here's a taste of what's coming up on Inside Trader Joe's. (laughs) Why do you shop at Trader Joe's? Because you have the most variety. I actually remember you guys when you guys just had like nuts and cheeses. We actually sold sandwiches by the inch. And I always wondered, like, did someone say, like, give me an inch long ham on rye? There really Matt. are hundreds of thousands. Of Stop this madness. Guys, I have breaking news. I have breaking news. I have breaking news. I have breaking news. What? One of our listeners sent me a Trader Joe's gift card for the what? holidays. No. Yes. No. Yes. First of all, what? You gave your address. And you gave your address. Now, to be honest, this listener is also a good friend of mine. But is that not oh. adorable? Oh, I it's know who you mean. No, I know. Actually, it's Daniel Madoff. Shout oh, out to so Daniel. Sweet. It made my fucking day. Son of Bernie. He can afford it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is no relation, just to be clear. <laughs> um, but it was really sweet because we're good friends. So he asked for my address and I was like, sure, whatever. But he knew about this only because he listens to every episode of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, Daniel, that's and awesome. That was so cute. Also, Matt, what the fuck? That was the Trader Joe's podcast, right? Uh, are you sure? 
Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. I honestly think... long. If I were, <laughs> yeah, if, some dark subject matter in there. We got to dig into it. If I were mm-hmm. being tortured. Yeah, because people are definitely trying to fix their inches. Yeah. yeah. Oh, terrible joke. No, so terrible. If I, terrible. If I were being tortured, it, it would just be the Trader Joe's podcast on repeat. Yep. Yeah. Um, anyway. torture. It's only torture if then you can't go to Trader Joe's to satiate your cravings. Yeah, yeah, I love enough. Trader Joe's, but like y'all don't need a podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, like, I wonder are. how popular the podcast is now. I think it's really popular. Is it? I'm sure it is. Do you get the deals? Is it like the fearless flyer for your ears? <laughs> or like what? Why would you Maybe listen? I should what's start the, listening. What's the content? Also, I need a t-shirt of Jen's quote. It's like Jen's face with a speech bubble that says, y'all don't need a podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh man well because matt didn't help us any we should give them a little more context on today right hit it jen okay all right i knew i knew that was gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> you're the eloquent one when you say things it makes sense go on <laughs> all right so this video as ali said is all about people who are uh getting plastic surgery uh either actual invasive uh surgery or just getting a, a non-invasive procedure to look like either their facetune uh filter uh, facetune is an app where in which you can retouch your photos contour your face and then very often from there people take those photos and uh, put them on social media. So uh, y'all know, I don't know why I keep saying y'all, but you all know that um, you can also use filters and things in Snapchat and in Instagram. So I think this is just like a layering of all of these things uh, to make you look a certain way. People would take in their final image to a plastic surgeon and say, hey, can you make my nose look like this? Uh, can you make my cheekbones a little higher to look like my own photo? Which is so different from the past where I feel like people would, you know, you bring a... a, a a picture of a um, of a celebrity to your hairstylist or maybe to your surgeon and say, I want to look like this or I want this nose. Now they're bringing pictures of themselves, but right. tuned in an app, which is just so revolutionary or it's such a game changer, I think. Absolutely. And it does, again, seem very much fueled by, by social media, by the presence of like wanting photos that are going to look good when you post them for your friends to see. Um, but we'll find out more about it soon. But as Ali said, this is sort of... Um, to say a dark topic but it's a complex topic <laughs> um yeah so for sure I, I mean it's yeah. hard for me not to feel some level of sadness about it just about like the pressures that society puts on us to look a certain way right right well i'm just curious ali like do you feel that way because of social media uh, personally like have you had that personal experience with social media i don't know if it's tied to social media uh, i'm sure it is actually Oh, so I have a lot of complexes over aging because women are supposed to be 25 forever. Um, And I think I told you, and I might have said it on the podcast that recently, fairly recently, I went and I followed all these badass older ladies on Instagram so that I'm getting a different kind of feed. Like Batty Winkle? (laughs) Batty fucking Winkle. I love her. Her bio says says something like, steal in your man since 1928. She just turned, I think... (laughs) I just think she's just turned 92. Whoa. Wait, Everyone is this should an go actor? follow her. No, she's, she's just um, like grandma and her grandkids are putting her on social media. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. She's love got that. like, I don't know, millions of followers. We oh, gotta please. get her on the show. Oh, Batty, we want fucking you. love to get Batty on the show. But her pictures are amazing. They're so fun. It's also just like showing older ladies as like looking cool. And like, I don't know, because also society doesn't 
really show us badass older ladies. And so then it's like, I don't know. It makes me sad. And but then you see Batty and you're like, oh, when I'm 90, that's what I'm going to be. You know, (laughs) (laughs) Batty Winkle stealing your man since 1928. Let's definitely try to get in touch with her. I don't know that she does interviews, but she's done all this like fashion week stuff. She has all these like promotions now. She's killing it. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I guess there is the option like you did on social media to follow things that actually positively influence you in some way. But it, no matter what, it's hard not to compare. Like, I'm never going to be as cool as Batty Winkle when I'm 92. That's all I can think about when that I look at her. I'm false. like, I'll never be that cool at 92. <laughs> that is false. You can be. I can be. That's true. I could be. <laughs> but but I think, yeah, but I had to make a conscious effort to do that. And the majority right. of my feed is still everyone looking so perfect and happy in their um, with their amazing everythings. You know what I mean? So it's not... I don't like every time I go on Instagram, I feel worse when I'm on it. Yeah. That's the end. I don't want to see you next week. Yeah. For me, it's more of like a, like the lifestyle thing on Instagram. Like just seeing the way that people are more, more than how they look, although how they look is like tied into this, but like the lives that they're leading and, I don't know. Like I follow this one Instagram account of this woman who's like really confessional and she's like really cool. And she like posts these like just really like honest and raw things. But, um, you know, for a while I was like, wow, she's so cool. I wish I could be more like her. <laughs> but recently when I've been looking at it, I'm like, this is all a performance. Like, and of course yes. it is. That's, that's what it is. And we're yeah. all doing it. And it's making me feel progressively weirder about posting anything. Because when I post it, I'm like, who am I? Like, why am I? who do I want to see this? What, mm-hmm. How do I want them to feel? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why would mm-hmm. I do that? <laughs> I think there's such a weird, like authenticity and truth and honesty are like such, and like vulnerability. There's such buzzwords that like everybody's trying to do it. And I think it makes it the opposite of all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Like I've been getting sales emails that I think are absurd. It's people being like, <laughs> I just had a baby. It's been a great year. I'm so grateful <laughs> for you. 60% off on desk pass. <laughs> that's like an what? actual email that i received a few weeks ago wow and like, like none that of was, that makes I, any like, sense <laughs> i was paraphrasing but that was like pretty that was like almost verbatim what it says and i've never met yeah. this person you know what i mean and it's like i don't give a fuck that you had a baby did you even have a baby like i don't know i've never met you like why is this in your and then it's like 60 percent off desk pass I'm like oh my god well little does she like, know that you hate babies it, yeah. I'm just kidding. Okay. Well, it's They're also good for space more... walking, though. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's more like people using vulnerability as a tool to get more signups and more likes. It's not and that's not real. Ugh. Yeah, though that has been part of marketing and advertising since the dawn of uh right. of time. Yeah, and but I feel I, like yeah, it's like more with and worse. Social media, it's gotten because it's up. coming yeah. from not in this case, Ali, but it's coming from your peers, uh right. which is especially rough and weird yeah i liked when it was more hidden and manipulative right like advertising agencies were doing certain things to make you behave a certain way i liked it when it was more manipulative yeah or just that or just this Mm -hmm. idea that like if it was on a television commercial interrupting your favorite show or on a billboard it influences you but at least you could say uh this is separate from you are an ad yeah yeah now you are an ad or more importantly your friends are ads or you are you and your friends are the products being bought and sold across social networks and that is a uh, that's a whole new can of worms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're getting into a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of social media, we have to take a break and check our phones. But first, we need to have trivia, and it's about social media. Boom. All right. 
Boom. Today's episode is about this trend where social media and selfies are influencing medical procedures, plastic surgery. Uh, and I had a little selfie trivia for you guys, if you're ready. Born ready. Mm-hmm. In 2015, like 10,000 years ago, I would say, more people died from taking selfies than from shark attacks. Oh, that's a little wow. hilarious. Can I say that? It's a little funny. Like, that's, yeah. that's no, absurd. <laughs> uh, there were eight shark attacks. Uh, excuse me. There were eight shark attack fatalities in 2015. How many selfie-related deaths? In the U.S.? Deaths? Is this the U.S.? No, worldwide. Eight? Only eight shark attacks worldwide? Correct. In 2015. Why are people so in one afraid year. of sharks? That's really nothing. Mm, no, nothing. I don't know. It seems like eight too many for me. But <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. There should be none. I like to dive. I don't want to get eaten Vision by a shark. zero. <laughs> cool. So again, in 2015, more people died from selfie-related injuries than shark attacks. There were eight shark attacks. How many selfie-related deaths? Your choices are oh A, God. 9, B, 12, or C, 48. Holy... Four, I'm, I'm going to go 48. Why I'm not? going 48. I'm going 48. Oh, two for 48. Answer C. I think C. people have been falling off a lot of cliffs trying to get a selfie. Bodies in the Grand Canyon for, for miles. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go with 48. Yeah. We will find out the correct answer after the break. Ellie, I'm going to say something controversial. Hit it. I think it is a better, more intimate experience of entertainment to listen to something than to watch it. What? <laughs> what I'm getting at is that... So apparently Crazy Rich Asians is now out on audiobook and I haven't seen the movie, but I don't think I'm going to go watch it. I think I'm just going to listen to it. What do you think? Well, you know, it's different, though, because it's based on a book. So you're listening to the book that it's based on. You're not listening to the movie. Just oh. so we're clear. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got that. I got that. You would save a ton of money if you just um, ripped the soundtrack from the movie and stuck it in an <laughs> audiobook. That would be way more efficient that's true i might do I that know, to but get the like actors the actors are like super hot so oh. <laughs> you miss that too it's great oh, that crazy man. rich Asians is doing so well but often people say the book is better than the movies so i support you but also like yeah. of course the book is better you can get more in depth than the two-hour movie you know what right. i mean right that's so true i was in bermuda in august for my friend's birthday and i saw it on a bookshelf on a beach <laughs> i think you can find this book like everywhere well you know where else you can find it whether you're at the beach or not where penguin random house audio and listen <laughs> yeah, to girl. it by audiobook so ali where can they get that they can get that anywhere that they listen to audiobooks literally anywhere that you're already listening you can search for this and also penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash two girls one podcast check it out guys get that intimate audio experience uh let us know what you think and now the description for a real product you can buy with money a 2019 pooping coaches calendar from the number one website for defecating dog merchandise, Amazon.com. Our new 2019 pooping pooches calendar. White elephant party coming up. Yankee swap. Secret Santa. Do you know someone who loves dogs too much? This 12-month 2019 calendar of pooping dogs will be the most memorable gift you give this year. Talk about a gift that keeps on giving. Each month reveals yet another beautiful pooch answering nature's call. And who doesn't like a good cause? One dollar from each calendar is donated to the Maui Humane Society to support animals in need. The calendar is 8.5 by 11 inches closed and 17 by 11 inches when open. 
This year's edition features a French Bulldog, Jack Russell Terrier, Limerana, Beagle, Labrador, Tring, Walker, Coon, Hound, and more. Pooping Pooch's dog calendar is the ultimate joke, prank, or gag gift. Well, I, I still got to get some Christmas gifts, so maybe I'll get the Poop and Pooch's calendar. But but you know, when I see Pooch's pooping on the street, I turn away. Yeah, no one well, wants that. It yeah, just seems have a little wrong. modesty. Yeah. And when, when you're looking at them, you know, sometimes they turn and they look at you with those eyes while they're pooping and you're like, this feels wrong. <laughs> they turn, they turn. <laughs> yeah, they turn with these big doe eyes just staring up at you while they're yeah. pooping and you're well, like, oh shit. man. Yeah, I'm don't, not supposed don't to see this. I'm not yeah. supposed to see this. They're just like they marking their territory. Yeah, yeah. It's really weird when humans do that, though. I know, I know. Then it, <laughs> when they look at you with those big doe eyes. <laughs> uh, who would like the trivia answer? Definitely me. Today's episode is about the influence of social media and selfies to an extent on plastic surgery and today's trivia is about selfies themselves uh back in 2015 or as we like to call it on the internet prehistoric times Mm -hmm. more people died from taking selfies than from shark attacks there were eight shark attack fatalities in 2015 there might have been 200 shark attacks but only eight deaths from sharks in 2015 how many selfie-related deaths were there? You guys both chose choice C, which was 48. Your other choices were A, 9, only a little bit more, and B, uh, 12, somewhat more. But you guys you guys thought there were a lot of selfie deaths in 2015. Yeah. We went yeah. big. We did. We go did. Big. Yeah. The correct answer is B, 12. Wow. I see how that makes more sense. Yeah, still a lot. Still a lot. Most of the selfie-related deaths were from falling, as you guys uh, savagely joked mm-hmm. when I posed the question. No, no, I was serious. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to get some weird shot, and they fall off a fucking cliff. Still so a falling, savage. Yeah. Falling from cliffs and balconies seems to be the, the big selfie death, but wow. also runner-up, uh, trains. What, getting hit by a train? Falling. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Right, falling into tracks or getting hit by trains or public transportation. And then also other dangerous equipment, I assume, like tools or electrified things that you're not paying attention to while getting a selfie. Again, these are tiny numbers. We're talking about 12 deaths, but those seem to be the the leading selfie causes. It's just not worth documenting your face that much. Your death? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's the creepy thing, too. They probably got the picture. Yeah. Wow. That's that's really scary. It's just not a good way to go. Then you got to someone's got to tell all your friends and families that you died taking a selfie. It's yeah. just not. Mm-hmm. I want to find the person who was on a surfboard taking a selfie then got eaten by a shark. Yes. Yes. Oh, the double. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The double wham. Um well, should we bring it up and get into this interview? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Let's do it. Okay. We are extremely thrilled to have with us Maria Chu, a producer at Broadly, which is part of Vice, and Marla Frezza, who is featured in Broadly's current video out right now, I Got Surgery to Look Like My Snapchat and Facetune Selfies. Welcome, Marla and Maria. Hi. Hello. <laughs> so let's start at the beginning. I'm curious, Maria, what inspired this video? And Marla, how did you come to be involved? This was actually an idea for our series called Plastic Planet Advice um, for our women's vertical broadly. And I had the happy task of 
um, kind of developing the idea further and finding people who wanted to share their experiences. And that's how I found Marla through uh, her doctor, Dr. Devgan. I'm, I'm guessing there had to be some type of of uh, way of finding out from Dr. Devgan, hey, which of your patients have gotten you know, a non-surgical procedure and which one of them would be candid enough to, to be open and honest to share their story. So um, Dr. Devgan posted a lot of my videos of um, my first non-surgical rhinoplasty. So I was more than, than comfortable doing that. That's yeah. so cool. I've been so surprised, like seeing the video and speaking with you, just it, how forthcoming you are, Marla. And I'm curious, you know, like, have, to a fault. Yeah, uh, well, have you always been that way, or like, why around this topic in particular? Like, is is it just like your personality to be that way? <laughs> it is. I'm really just, um, I'm really just an open book, um, and I'm really unapologetic. Um, I, I just feel like you know anything that you do or say in this world is going to draw some type of uh, reply, you know, um, opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one and you can't be, uh, uh, you I don't know, have you... an asshole actually. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, oh, uh, wow. you're an anomaly. Yeah. <laughs> I never knew that about I'm, you. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of like a Barbie. It's just like, you know, straight through. Like yeah. a sex robot, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. There we go. Tune in to a previous episode. What? Allie, I know a good surgeon who can fix that for you. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. You yeah, got any recommendations? Okay. Yeah, great. Yeah, I just I just want an aesthetic asshole. Like I just want. Uh, you just get like a tattoo. Yeah, 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 just like a yeah. <laughs> I have a, a sidebar. Apparently, there's like a whole thing about like what kind of anus is okay on Facebook. Continue with your story about assholes. Uh, <laughs> no, to be honest, I think that a bleached one is. I think porn stars bleach their um, backside. So that's I oh, guess they do. I don't know. Is that that is that a form of why is that not a, not a form of plastic surgery? Why aren't people getting shamed for doing that? Right. Um, right. I guess it's because nobody you know, can my see nose it. was in the center of my face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> there yeah. you go. You know, if your asshole were in the center of your face, maybe, maybe, maybe. Okay. So opinions are like assholes. Mm -hmm. Everyone's got one. Um, and that's why I just was raised by my parents. They're the most, two most incredible people. I'm really lucky to be raised by them. They taught me to be independent. I'm an only child. Be independent. Say what you feel. Don't hurt others in the process. Don't be a bully, but be comfortable, be who you are, and don't fucking apologize for it. And so I guess that's how you know I became just really open with who I am. And if you don't like it, you can fucking take a walk. You hear that, listeners? Fucking take a walk. I'm just oh, kidding. Man. Yeah. It's good for your health. Uh, yeah. It's good for your health. No, we, we feel the same way. So, um, yeah. but I have to say that uh, with the, you know, with the the video, I have to be comfortable uh, with someone to really dive deep. Because I did talk about a past relationship, which is still personal to me. You know, I do have feelings. So Maria made me feel really, really comfortable. And the whole team at, at Broadly and Vice did. So, um, I don't know if I would be, you know, if what I said would still be the case if, uh, if I wasn't feeling comfortable because you got a camera shoved in your face the whole time. Right. So, uh, hats off to her and the team. Yeah. You seemed really natural and comfortable. Are you worried about who might see it or like, no, fuck it. You know, future employers, perhaps, however, I still maintain a professional persona. I still am very good at what I do. Um, you know, I, I can turn it off and turn it on when it's appropriate. And I think that's uh, that's really important. Yeah, I don't really think non-surgical rhinoplasty is going to affect your job. Yeah. Just personally, so. I'd be like, I still trust her. <laughs> 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 
I bet she can still do sales. <laughs> but I'm curious because, you know, it's just like we live in a weird world where I don't know, it's I'm so torn about the whole issue because like, I, you know, of course, I wish all women just felt comfortable with what they got, you know. Um, but then at the same time, like, I think it's such bullshit that like celebrities like there's this whole thing right now, right? How they're advocating for this diet tea that like makes you shit yourself. And it's like um, the actress from um, The Good Place is like, no, tell them about your plastic surgery and your nutritionists and your personal trainers. It's not right. the diet tea that makes you look like this. So th- I do think there's a lot to be said for people being really honest and open about what they're doing. Um, so this is a convoluted, convoluted way to ask like, how you feel about that whole dynamic. Um, just Jen um, asks really clear and concise questions and I ramble. It's really, <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, kind of it's, thing, you it's know? like a puzzle you have to figure out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So in respect to like the, the tea ads, how they don't say that they get cramps at night from it. Like, what do you mean exactly? <laughs> I guess you're feeling around like plastic surgery and the fact that like so much of our culture isn't open about it. And obviously you are, and just how you feel about that whole thing. I think, there's a part of me that, you know, there's a part of me that's insecure um, that makes me want to either edit my photos or do something invasive or non-invasive. Um, but then there's a part of me that doesn't hide the fact that I'm going to get my lips done or going to get filler in my nose. However, I want to hide it on my pictures. So I'm still actually figuring that part of myself out, to be quite honest, Allie. Um, I don't mind telling people I've got my lips done, but you know, I, I don't know how to explain it, but, um, I have a different persona on my phone than Mm -hmm. I do in person. In person, I'm very unapologetic and on my phone, on social media, I'm, I'm more, you know, I want to look the way I want to look. Um, so I'm still figuring that out. Um, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I think we all tend to have alter egos that we put out there on those platforms in a way. And whether yeah. it's an idealized version of yourself or just like one aspect of yourself that you want to highlight or whatever it is. Um, so it sounds like the face of plastic surgery um, or procedures is really changing with social media. And I know, Maria, that you talk to a, a lot of different doctors in this process. So could you tell our listeners just a little bit about um, the fact that people are bringing in photos of themselves now and, and how that's different than what they used to see? Yeah, I mean, I, I spoke to plastic surgeons mostly in New York and LA and Miami. They seem to be the big hub for plastic surgery. Um, And it's kind of interesting even talking to a lot of plastic surgeons about how different they are. Um, There's everyone's on a spectrum of some sort, and it's the same with plastic surgeons. And uh, the type of work that they do is fascinating to me because there's a lot of male plastic surgeons who are encouraging women to get bigger and and go even crazier. And then there are a lot of women who are a little bit more conservative with their patients, I feel like. Um, It's it's been an interesting talking to a lot of them and seeing the variation. And when I, yeah. Is that overall the trend you see that men encourage the women to get more and the women encourage the women to get less? I probably spoke with 10 doctors um, more consistently. And I have found in my conversations with with those 10 doctors that that is, that seems to be true. <laughs> I don't know if it's a bigger trend at all, but I do see a lot of women being care- more careful with how someone perceives themselves and making sure that, 
you know, if they do have something like body dysmorphia and they, they see any instances of that, they're very careful to proceed. Um, so yeah, I think there's just maybe, uh, maybe it's true of other male plastic surgeons as well, but I've just noticed in my conversations with the ones I've talked to, women tend to take it more, um, less lightly. And when I spoke with Dr. Devgan and Dr. Leota, um, the two plastic surgeons we follow in this video, I think that they were very, very serious and careful about that as well. Um, and yeah, I think that in general, um, there has been a trend. They've been saying that people have been coming in and they're younger than before and people are trying to perfect themselves and I guess we're all trying to perfect ourselves in the ways that we know how. And right now it seems like a lot of tension and time is being spent on screens. So we're trying to perfect our 2D versions. And I wonder what it's like when we try to perfect ourselves in a, in a more three-dimensional way, you know? Can I jump in really quick? She, Maria just made me think a little bit about the, the last question you asked too. With what you just said, it's kind of like, I think of social media as maybe like, a resume for my exterior. Um, whereas a, a regular professional resume might be like your accomplishments and things that you've, you know, done in your life using your brain. But I think there's definitely like an exterior, uh, an exterior resume, if you will. And to Maria's point, we're always trying to perfect that as we would try to perfect a professional resume. That blew my mind. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was a good quote. Yeah. <laughs> cool, yeah. cool. Uh, Marla is full of good quotes. Oh my god! Please, that's <laughs> just how she speaks. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. You could join yeah. us other times too. Then, yeah. okay. Yeah. I have a question. So, uh, the story started with people uh, wanting to match their Snapchat, but it seemed like the video we watched it was much more about Facetune for you. So, could you talk to us about your relationship with Facetune, Marla? Uh, I use both, okay. which sounds terrible. I use a Well, usually Snapchat. people use one to upload to the other, right? Or It's exactly what I do. Uh -huh. um, I'll take my base photo. This is just what I like. I like a base photo to be taken on Snapchat because it thins my face out. Um, and then the face tune, I usually will go in and just touch up my nose to, make, to um, erase the bump. Um, God, I've made my, I've given myself eyebrow lifts. You know, once you get in there on Facetune, I've given myself smaller ears. I have no problem with my, the size of my ears. No problem. However, once you're in there, you might as well. And then I end up looking like an alien. But, you know, <laughs> there's a, uh, there's an undo button that I frequent quite often on the Facetune app. So what is that all about? Is it sort of, it's just kind of addicting? Like you start the perfecting of it or <laughs> maybe like it's you're an artist? A, yeah, maybe I'm a Pisces and, um, and I guess uh, I get in there and it's almost like a work of art. God, I can't, I can't draw anything but a stick figure, but I feel, you know, it brings out my inner Picasso on Facetune. So I kind of just go with it. <laughs> yeah. We're both Pisces too. Welcome to the club. Oh, I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You were editing. And at what point did you start to think like, I want to get, um, you know, a non-surgical treatment done to match this? Um, to be honest, 
I've thought a lot about this. Um, and I wondered, do I want to get this done? Because, you know, some people want to get a non-surgical rhinoplasty or a regular rhinoplasty because they were made fun of their big noses when they were younger. That wasn't the case for me. In fact, they called me bug eyes when I was uh, growing up because I had really abnormally large eyes. Kids are eyes. wonderful. They really are. Yeah, I so want kind. a bunch of them. Um, but, uh, but I actually at 29 years old, I really appreciate, and I do actually love my eyes as one of my main features. It's my mom has large eyes. Our whole, um, side of the family has large eyes. So I didn't like my eyes when I was younger and now I appreciate it. However, I, I, yeah, I do think seeing my profile, um, you know, the, the profile of my face on pictures and things like that when thousands of people are looking at them, I do believe that was the reason that, you know, I chose to spend $2,500 to get injections that will dissipate after four to five months. So yeah, yeah, I, I do blame it. It's not some, um, I do blame social media. Um, but you know, it's my own insecurity. So, uh, did that answer your question? I, I kind of went on a tangent. Yeah, it was great. I only do tangents, so I liked it. Oh, thank God. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Cool. So, Marla, can you tell us a little bit more about the procedure? And maybe yeah. if you want anything like about your doctor and like, it seems like she was awesome. So I love <laughs> like how Dr. she factored Bethan. into it. Yeah, I really love her. I had no idea non-surgical rhinoplasties existed before I saw Dr. Devgan on Instagram. Um, I just had never heard of it ever. Um, and I think there's probably two perspectives from when the procedure actually happens. There's, you know, uh, someone like Maria or Allie or Miriam watching the procedure happen. And then while I'm in the seat, I kind of black out for a minute, to be honest, once I see the needle, um, go into my nose, but it doesn't hurt at all. It takes just a few seconds and it's a little bit like the instant gratification that Facetune or Snapchat gives me. And if you think about it, when I went into my Snapchat, um, it was this morning, actually, I was going to upload a video to my Instagram, like heading to vice, HQ for a podcast. And so I opened up my Snapchat and the filters are immediate on Snapchat. I always thought that you have to, you know, it, it's your regular face. And then if you'd like to add a filter, you can choose a filter. However, that's not the case. It applies a filter immediately when you get on Snapchat as if you don't have a choice. Um, so I thought that that was pretty interesting and I would love to just figure out, does, does Snapchat do that for a reason? Do they want to make it easier for the user or is it really designed to get you hooked? Um, mm -hmm. so, oh, I'm sure it's designed to get you hooked. They're smart yes. over there, right? <laughs> yeah. All this yeah. stuff is designed to have you hooked, which is, it's yeah. upsetting. Yeah. Last night before I went to bed, I was on social media. No idea why. Just an hour later. What's, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. An hour later, you're looking at giraffes wearing pants. No, but I I'm know. always into giraffes wearing pants though that's, that's true ali does yeah. like those i yeah. just set up this function on instagram where it tells me when i've been on it for 20 minutes it gives like you a little did? notification yeah oh my God, it's really I, helpful. I need that that's really it's cool in the app <laughs> yeah, i just it's figured in that the out app. yeah just go into settings um is that what? jen is that baked into is that apple's new system what? for like screen time or whatever it. or it's in uh, instagram to be honest uh well no it's definitely i haven't updated my phone in like years anytime it asks me to update i'm like no thanks i'll do it later um so it must be in instagram cool that's very progressive. interesting yeah um marla i was curious though in the video they were saying with the procedure that it 
I mean, this makes sense. It actually makes your nose larger, right? But it's like, it makes it look smaller. (laughs) That was one of my hesitations and why I got a consultation with Dr. Devgan. Yeah, because it absolutely adds volume to your nose while giving the appearance of a smaller nose. Because um, one of the things that I don't like about my nose that makes it look large and in relation to the rest of my features is because there's an indent at the very top of my nose and then it kind of humps out. So what the filler does is it will add volume to fill in that gap. If you think about like a, a mountain in a valley. Um, yeah. So, so it, your nose is an optical illusion now. It a hundred, I'm, <laughs> I should be hung in a museum. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it seems like you love it. Are you thinking about getting the permanent rhinoplasty? I don't have the money. I am not starting a GoFundMe. I think that's so tacky. You know, if I don't Are have people doing that, yeah. For their like oh, for their yeah. Facetune Snapchat yeah. surgeries? That's something that's just my opinion. I just, you know, uh, if if God forbid there's a funeral and I can't pay for it, that's that's what I'm going to ask my friends to to dig in their pockets, but not for something yeah. like a surgery for me. That's really just my personal opinion, but um if I have the if I have the money to do a regular rhinoplasty, I would consider it. I'm just very um worried about the fact that there are very many botched procedures. Um, and sometimes when it's not botched, even it's in the center of your face. And if you don't like it, that shit's permanent. So it scares me. Um, whereas the lips and the the non-surgical rhinoplasty, those can all be reversed with a, a different filler that actually immediately dissolves the filler. So you can kind of you can kind of face tune your face. Um, you can undo it and you can redo it. So uh, no, I don't. I would consider it if I had the money for an invasive procedure, but it does scare me. Um, the video feature two of you. What was the other woman's name? It was Zamira. Zamira. I was. Uh, it stuck with me when she went and she had a surgical procedure, and her mother went with her. And there was some quote by her mother where she was like, "I used to have that bump on my nose, but it went away with age." No, she, <laughs> and, I know, think I, she said she used to care the same way, and it went away. Oh, I thought it was. I th- yeah. Okay. Anyway, I thought maybe like her face had changed over time or something, which is true. I find my face changes like every like ten years. I'm like, whoa, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's completely shaped differently. So. I don't know, just like all the more reason maybe to do something non-surgical, mm. but yeah. just my own yeah. opinion. <laughs> it's kind of like um, when my mom always told me, don't get your eyebrows tattooed because your face will continue to change. And just because yeah. thin eyebrows is cool 20 years ago. Yeah. So the, the permanent scares me. Yeah. So now that you've had this non-surgical treatment done to match your social media, do you edit your photos less or do you find that you still edit them the same amount? I want to give you the answer that sounds good, but I'm just going to be honest. I still edit the exact same amount. Now I want the tip of my nose to be smaller. What I really, what I really want is a, I broke my nose three times. This is what people don't understand. I broke my nose so many times. I was a wild child. That's why I'm an only child. And, um, Nobody in my family has the same nose as I do. This is not a family nose. If it was, then that's fine. For example, my grandmother had a very prominent chin. I got that chin from her. My father lost both of his parents at a young age. And the the lower portion of my face reminds my dad of my grandmother. And therefore, I'll never touch my chin. But yeah, my nose is not something that I was born with. So 
damn it, I forgot the original question. What was the <laughs> no, original just if question? You edit less or not? Oh, but I edit the same the, amount. Yeah. I do because I want the tip lifted. And then, like I said, I don't know why I'm editing my ears, but it gets fun. It's fun. Fuck me. It's fun. It, it, it kind of <laughs> sounds like it's like tattoos where, like, once you have one, you want others. I, my first tattoo ever was inside of my lip because I thought I was very cute in college. And I was like, I want to be naked and no one knows that I have a tattoo. And now I'm almost (laughs) completely covered apart from my arms and below my knees. I'm filled with tattoos. So it's a hundred percent addicting. And I guess I get addicted. There are worse things you could be addicted to. Like I'm not a gambler. You know I mean. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like gambling could or be that. bad too. You know, you can't afford rhinoplasty if you gamble all the time. That's so true. Good point. Yeah. So Maria, do you have any idea? Are men doing this as well? Yeah. I mean, apparently so. They're um, Dr. I think it was Dr. Leota said 30% of her patients are men. Hmm. So, 30%. Oh, that's higher than I thought. Yeah, that's higher than I thought as well going in. Um so yeah, it's it's a it's both. It's pe- it's pe- it's a people thing. We're all trying to be more masculine, more feminine, more beautiful. It affects us all, I think. That makes me really sad mm-hmm. but also really happy that men are doing it too. I just don't want to, I just don't like it when it's like women are afflicted and men are just chilling. You know what I mean? I don't like that. Like if I'm going down and bringing the men with me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Marla, how has this, how has this affected your life in any way at all, uh, either online or in real life? Um, it hasn't af- having had the procedure. Um, it hasn't really, if, oh no, I guess it's affected me both ways. How has it affected me online? Um, Well, the YouTube comments, first of all, I had no idea that YouTube had comments and that people would literally be so angry at me after watching the video. I was just talking to Maria about this and she was like, oh my God, thank God you're, you know, alive and well, because, you know, you can get lost in the YouTube comments, but people were calling me the C word. People were literally telling me to get a job. They were telling me to get a personality, which is crazy. Um, but has that adversely affected me? No. Like I said, I I love the fact that we all have our opinions. However, hate speech, not cool by any means in any situation. Don't call someone a name. Um, so it's kind of made me a little bit sad to think that someone was raised to call someone a really derogatory name. Um, and I'm very outspoken. However, I have no hate towards anybody unless they're, you know, taking someone else's life, um, or something you know, really serious along those lines. So, um, and well, then YouTube um, comments are like cesspool yeah. of humanity. That's exactly what Maria said. She yeah. was like, man, and you don't know who's on the other side of it, whether they're 11 years old, man, woman, you know, a bot Christmas yeah. tree. Who, who the hell knows who these people are? I mean, if there's a Christmas tree that can type, that's really cool. <laughs> Next I would podcast. like to know that. Yeah. Next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know what? So you're the- a tree and you're typing. <laughs> um, no, no. But there's some like really wonderful comments as That's well really of people true. defending um this and i don't know i just found the youtube comments to be yes accessible sometimes but also very interesting because people are s- saying what they fe- they are seeing you and they're reflecting what they see in themselves and then typing that out in mm-hmm. my mind you know yeah. so mm-hmm. everyone has such a different opinion and are coming from such different worlds apart sometimes but at the end of the day we're all trying to talk about an issue that i think is important to talk about beauty and 
the way we see ourselves. All the things that technology brings that we can now change about ourselves affordably sometimes right. too, more affordably. Um, it's all relative. I don't know. I, I was just fascinated by those comments. W- reading them, I, I was worried, of course. Um, you know, I care about what you think and how you feel at the end of the day. And I think just reading them, I just want to make sure that at least the conversation is going. That's true. People are thinking one. we are all a mashup of different opinions, and that's what makes America great. Make America great again. <laughs> I was just regretting saying yeah, that. Right. I just heard it. God damn it. Oh my God. I have a question. You know, plastic surgery and modification like this is obviously not new. And I feel like we have crossed a threshold where in the past, uh, people maybe were comparing themselves, beauty standards, you know, they're comparing themselves to beauty standards of celebrities or actors or whatever, uh, models. And now we've entered this time where uh, social media is ever present and we are comparing our beauty standards to our peers because we're seeing these perfectly manicured versions of our peers and friends and coworkers all the time, family, and also this sort of nonstop record of self-documentation. And we've sort of um, gone away from, I want to look like this model. And we've sort of gone more towards, I want to look like this version or this angle that I took this photo from of myself. Um, so I'm wondering, Marla, if you could speak a little bit to that, if that, if there's anything in there to, to dissect. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, before social media, I guess I always just kind of knew that I had a large, uh, a funny looking profile just for me, just for me. Um, but, um, for example, well, for example, I don't know if this answers your question. I'm literally in a mind fuck today. Um, but I have, uh, one of my best girlfriends, um, she's Russian and her and I have, um, you know, talked openly about getting things done and she has the most beautiful sloped nose ever. And I feel like if I met her years ago, I would say, oh my God, I just, she's just the mo- one of the most beautiful people I've ever met, um, physically and, and, you know, mentally too. But, um, I would probably bring her in to Dr. Devgan years ago and say, this is the nose I want. Would that look appropriate on my face? Um, but I think in the video when Dr. Devgan said that it's really a, a healthier body image in her opinion to bring in a Snapchat, uh, filter of yourself because, it's slightly optimized. So I do think that's, that would be healthier if I was to bring in, like I did a Snapchat filter of myself. I did the first time I got a non-surgical, I didn't bring a celebrity photo in. I didn't bring in a friend to say, I want her nose. I didn't do that. I don't want to be unlike myself. I really just want a little bit of a tweak. Um, and that's what Snapchat gave me. And you know, that doesn't make me want to go home and cry. I'm not insecure. You know, I don't hate myself like that. Well, excuse me, I am insecure. Um, but, but aren't we all, you know, to some extent, yeah. right? Why are you laughing at me? Oh no. What did I say? Well, it was funny when you were like, I'm not insecure. Well, I am insecure. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. So yeah, I hope that answers answers your question. It does. It does. It's it's an interesting way to frame it from uh, also from the medical perspective of like people used to bring in celebrities and say I want to look like this random person that may or may not look anything like me right. and now they're bringing in pictures of themselves and that's a different way to frame it. Right. I, I I wonder, you know, 
I'm the only gentleman in the room today, so mm-hmm. please shout me out of the room if if I if I speak out of turn. I I wonder. I think the reason people react so extremely positively and also extremely negatively to this type of um, story and this discussion is that objectively, you know, people look at a person and say, like, if you should, Marla, if you showed me a picture of yourself mm-hmm. before the the treatment, I would have said. Yeah, she's she's a lovely looking woman. Like I would not have noticed your nose. I would not have identified it. This is obviously particular to you. Mm-hmm. And I think that gets people, they're like, why would you do this? It's so, they don't understand. It's very hard to understand your mindset mm-hmm. from the outside, yeah. right? Yes. I, I, yeah, people said that I was bringing shame to my ancestry. Um, oh gosh. <laughs> so yeah, that's which a, okay. well, that's, that's a whole other can of worms, but, uh, but sure. Um, <laughs> Where are your ancestors from? I don't <laughs> I know. I know. Okay, cool. Do you want me to dive in a little bit more on that or do you, can you just be a little bit more specific? I, you know, it's, and I'm sorry, Allie and Jen, take over if I'm if I'm speaking too much here. Oh, I guess of course I'm, the man in the room he's got a <laughs> you know, sorry for mansplaining all over the show. I guess here's 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 maybe where I'm coming from. I have a young daughter and I think she's beautiful. And if she came to me and said, I want to change how my face looks, that would upset me. And so I don't know how to reconcile that with your outlook, Marla, yeah. is ex- seems extremely healthy and extremely, um, uh, I don't know what the right word, progressive or, or understanding. You're not like, this is not a radical thing you're doing, yeah. but but at, by the same token, it still bothers me. And, I, and I'm sorry, you know, I don't no, mean- No, of course. I'm trying to frame it in a way that's like, it, I, I feel that cognitive dissonance around this. You know what I mean? Uh, Matt, to be honest, I asked myself the same thing after reading those comments. I said, okay, well, I definitely want to be a mom. I'm going to have children. I would love to have a girl and a boy. If my daughter ever said, mommy, I want a nose job when I get older, I, I don't think I'd be okay with it. And to, mm-hmm. to your point, I you know, I, I don't know how to explain that. Um, I didn't grow up with a mom that was not, you know, I grew up with a mom and, and she wasn't the most confident. And to me and to everybody around her, she's one of the most striking women. She just has such a beautiful face. I mean, inside, obviously she's beautiful, but my mom is one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. And she, I grew up seeing her say, oh no, like mommy's, you have a prettier nose than mommy. So I, I, maybe that's a learned behavior. You know, I grew up with my parents always telling me like, you don't need to change anything. You're so beautiful. Um, you know, they always coupled that with your very smart Marla and, you know, very encouraging things apart from what I look like. Um, however, I don't know how to explain that. I, I don't think I would be okay. And yes, it would upset me if my daughter um, or my son was to say that they want to change how they look because, you know, how, how you look is um, a combination of what mommy and daddy look like. However, I do want you to take in mind or take into consideration that I've broken my nose more than once. Um, and so yep. this, uh, however, I don't, I don't, I think I have a deviated septum, but I, I can breathe just fine. But you know, it wasn't the nose that I was born with. So I, I think that I would want you to take that into consideration. Um, when, when thinking a little bit about, you know, what happens to your, to your child or, you know, when they ask you, you know, if they can get something done, if, if a trauma was to happen to their face or something. Yep. Um, Marla, I'm curious having had the procedure, do you feel more like yourself, uh, whatever that means to you, or do you feel more confident or how do you feel having had it? Okay. Let me, let me, let me try and answer it this way. Um, 
I, I'm someone that doesn't normally wear makeup ever. I, I'm not one of those girls that has to put on makeup before she goes to grab a cup of coffee, right? So I'm comfortable in my own skin. However, when getting my lips done or my nose done, I, I feel less like my natural self, which does make me happier. And I know that sounds insane, but when I don't have any of the procedures and I have my bare face, no makeup, hair on top of my head, sweatshirt, I'll talk to anybody. I'll go out to lunch. I'm not afraid to go out in public because that's my face. Mm -hmm. And I think it just comes down to social media and posting pictures and the fact that that picture is going to be there forever. Whereas after I'm done with lunch, if someone thinks I'm ugly, they're never going to see me again. Right. And that opinion is going to, going to fade away. So that's my take on that. You know, something that I've personally found interesting also while working on this is, you know, seeing so many really beautiful, smart women doing procedures like this. It's not just, you know, talking about normal people who are affected by the way that they see themselves and wanting to look even more beautiful, you know? And I think that's kind of the interesting thing to me because I, I think you and Zamira are both very beautiful people and they are, you're both trying to become quote unquote, a better version of yourself and you're finding it in, yeah, tweaking yourselves in some way physically. And I think we're all, everyone's trying to do that in some way and people choose different paths of which they try to do that. And I wonder what's healthier, what's less healthy. You know, we could talk about that, but I do think it's a, we're all coping with just trying to be a better version of ourselves. That's what I want to achieve. I don't want to look completely different. I like how I look. I just want to tweak. Yeah. Have you ever considered not going on social media? I, I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, have you ever tried it? Because it seems to be such a huge factor in all of this and we're all addicted to it. So yeah. What about I, that? I find I was talking to my good girlfriend, Lindsay, about this the other day because a lot of my, as we saw in the video, a lot of my very best friends have taken breaks from social media. Um, it doesn't affect me that negatively. I don't think at night, oh God, I don't scroll and look at all these girls on vacation and all these models. It doesn't, doesn't make me feel bad inside. It doesn't, um, create, um, a self hate inside that I feel maybe it comes off that way. Um, you know, in the video or maybe it comes off that way, it, you know, just talking to me now. Um, but I just, it doesn't run my life and I get a lot of enjoyment out of it. And I laugh all the time. You know, I follow a bunch of dog videos and stuff. I like social media. So does my friend Lindsay. And we're surrounded by all of our friends that let it get to them. I guess it just doesn't really get to me, even though you can, you know, take my words and say, Hey, Marla, you said you probably wouldn't have thought about a non-surgical rhinoplasty if it wasn't for social media. Yes. However, I think of it as an improvement. I don't think of these procedures as something that's detrimental to me. I'm not taking my nose and putting it on my ass, right? I'm not completely, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm putting my asshole on my nose. Though. <laughs> That'd be beautiful. Allie, yeah. you'd be gorgeous. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. So I just, I think of it as something positive. And the moment that social media um, isn't something positive for me, I'll take it away. For example, I don't have Facebook. I haven't had Facebook for years. I haven't had Facebook since, I don't know, uh, whenever Obama, whenever the election was uh, was happening when I was in college. And 
all that was on my Facebook was just like people ranting and arguing with each other about politics. And I was like, God, this is the kind of putting me in a bad mood all the time. And I got rid of it. Right. So as soon as, as soon as I feel like that's happening with Instagram, it's out the door and I'm going to move on with my life. Cause that's not the end all be all to, to who I am. So Marla, at the end of the Vice video, you made some comment about how like you feel great, you look great, you're going to go message some boys. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just curious in terms of like how this plays into dating um, or if, if boys even notice, like I feel like women, like we obsess over these tiny things about ourselves because society tells us to. And like, I don't even know that boys notice. Maria and I just turned to each other and we smiled and we, we giggled a little bit. Yeah. I don't think they notice for me. It's just about confidence. One of my biggest insecurities is my profile. So like right now, Maria's staring at my profile. I can feel her. I see her. Um, and if I didn't have the injections, I'd probably just be, I'd probably alter my chair a little bit and just be talking to her more head on and the sound quality of the podcast might, you know, go down a little bit, but, oh, um, Jesus but Christ. I feel, but, <laughs> but I feel less, um, I feel less, uh, like I have to fidget with things. I feel more open. The injections allow me to uh, ha- have no limits. If you will, I don't have to kind of do these little tweaks here and there to my chair or stand in a different place while talking in a circle. Um, because I don't want people to see my profile. So, okay. I'm thinking about how I should start sound, uh, standing so it looks like I have titties. You know what I mean? Like, can I, <laughs> so it looks like you have titties. What can I do? Shoulders back, Allie. Shoulders <laughs> back. I'm going to stand behind some fruit. I don't know. Jen, what were you going to say? No, but I hear you. No, I hear you. I just, I, you know, I think I, I was so resistant. This is like the tiniest thing, but it'll show you how averse I am to change. I was so resistant to dye my hair for a lot of years. <laughs> and then I finally started doing it like two years ago. And it was like the littlest thing that barely anybody noticed. But I just, like you said, like when you, you just felt like a little, like that slightly more comfortable where it's like you could do anything and not have to think about it. Like just not having that nagging little feeling. Yeah. In the back of your head about something. Yeah. That's exa- Jen, that's exactly what it was. And it's not like, okay, I'm getting it done because I want to message these boys back. I've gone on dates. I, I didn't even have my lips filled when they videoed me. And I knew that the, pe- the video was going to be watched by a ton of people. So I, I don't need to feel the need to be perfect to converse with the opposite sex. That's not the case. Um, however, I don't know. I was on a high. I just got out of it. I have cameras around me. I've amazing people around me. And I just was kind of high and I was like, cool. Like, I don't know, I'm going to do something crazy and just respond to all the DMS. Um, I wasn't hoarding the messages and saying, Oh, I don't feel good about myself. I cannot answer these messages. That's not the damn case. Um, but it's something that I feel more, that I feel more comfortable with. And it's exactly what you said, Jen. It just like, it just makes my life a little bit easier. Um, I don't have to fidget. I can just kind of, I can just be a little bit more free. And feel more comfortable while doing that. Well, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> I don't. Makes I don't sense. know. Makes sense. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. Um, just curious, Maria, on your end of it, has uh, working on this video changed anything for you about the way you view your own social media presence or self-image or anything like that? It definitely has. I think I came into it with um, a lot of judgments about women and men who who change themselves permanently or temporarily. Yeah. Um, I had a dog bite, um, on my nose, uh, when I was 23 or something like that. And I never really thought about getting it changed, even though it definitely has a scar on my, 
own nose. Um, and I'm slightly self-conscious about it from time to time. Um, but I just realized that from doing this piece that if it bothered me a lot, like every day, then yeah, I kind of, maybe I would, I don't know. I don't know. But I do think there is something to be said about it affects people in different ways. People are affected in strange ways sometimes. And um, you can't ever, you don't know what you'll end up thinking. And if I was thinking about it in the way that you think about your nose, then yeah, maybe I, I would be in that chair as well and changing something about myself and making myself feel more comfortable. But I didn't feel the same way. And maybe I'm doing it in a, in a different way in my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, it's brought, it's brought me a wider perspective about things. And I just feel like I am open to it. I guess what I'm trying to say is it's different when you meet somebody, when you meet someone who's gone through the procedure, you get to know them in a deeper way and you get to know them in, um, as a whole person, at least a little bit. So, um, people watching are obviously not going to have the luxury of, of the same kind of closeness. Um, but it's, it's, changed definitely my opinions of plastic surgery and the people who do it beautifully stated well thank you both for being so candid and i'm so happy you could be together to record this and it's been a pleasure to talk with you thank you so much thank you both you and i were both kind of concerned about that being pretty dark but that was not so i mean it was but it wasn't but it was it wasn't Marla was, I mean, they're both so open and um, and kind of have a lighthearted yet appropriately serious perspective on it, like both clearly thoughtful about what they're doing, um, but are a lot of fun to talk to. So I don't know. I found it, <laughs> I found it really yeah. interesting <laughs> that this idea of the standard of beauty um, and moving from somebody else's well it's it's very it's complex i think but like very generally the idea of moving from somebody else's standard of beauty to your own where you are bringing in just a slightly optimized version of yourself now i understand the feelings of lack or whatever that we have in the first place probably come from feeling like we're not living up to some other bigger standard um but it does overall to me feel like you know a pretty if you're going to make these changes a healthy way to go about it yeah i remember when i was like in middle school and i really wanted the jennifer aniston haircut yes and so i went to the salon and asked for the jennifer aniston haircut and they gave it to me and my hair is literally nothing like jennifer aniston's and it looked terrible did they do like, it you know what I mean? or did they straighten no, well, it well in middle or middle or maybe it was like high school or something i didn't understand how curls work which is is a real thing afflicting young girls Okay, because yes. all the magazines just tell you how to. So I would iron my hair every morning and try to get it straight, and it was just a big frizzy giant pyramid. It was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I was really cool in middle and high school, guys. I also had braces pretty much straight through. It was fantastic. Um, but so that haircut did not work on me. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I get it. I get it. Where it's yeah. like it is healthier than bringing in someone who literally looks nothing. Like you want the nose of a stranger. Well, that doesn't right. match your face. You know. Right. Right. But you know. But at the same time. Like there is something I find heartbreaking about it. I mean, I guess though, not specifically about this, but just just the fact that women and men, I was actually pleased to hear that men are afflicted as well. But there is something heartbreaking about this pressure that we feel to change ourselves and optimize and be so perfect rather than just yeah. be people. 
Right. Well, just the feeling that in order to feel comfortable or accepted, which is, you know, what we're all wanting to feel, but we all have insecurities. So yeah, it's just like, how do you, yeah, like what, what I don't, there is no best way to like overcome it. So I guess people just deal with it in different ways. And this is one option. Something I find really problematic about this whole thing and in so many conversations we have on this podcast is just the behavior, the way social media is created to make us feel a certain way. And um, I think it's just a combination of like wanting to be liked and have a lot of followers, like people positively reacting to things that we're doing, yet at the same time, like creating this intense feeling that we don't measure up. Um, and it's just like those two things together create this like perfect storm of like us feeling like shit every time we go on there. <laughs> Although I was really heartened to hear Marla say she doesn't really feel affected by it in that way. But like, I honestly think that these platforms are created to make you feel like a lack. Yeah. She also admitted that there was a disconnect there in the sense that she claims that it doesn't make her feel bad. But then she also says this is why she gets these non-surgical treatments. So she did acknowledge right. that as well. So yeah. I don't know, especially like as performers, so many people have been like, Allie, you need to up your social media presence. And like, I fucking hate social media. Like, I yeah. just, like, I just, <laughs> I go on and I'm like, why am I here? I feel bad about myself. You know? <laughs> so it's like, I, I want to add a layer onto this that really affects, uh, bothers me. Everything you said, Jen and, and Allie, I'm glad you brought up like in middle school, I had braces and crazy hair. Well, guess who these apps are for? They're right. for middle schoolers. So Ooh, yeah. it's one thing for Snapchat to be like, you can be a puppy face. Isn't that funny? Ha ha ha. Like that's just funsies. But Facetune, as I understand it from this video, is like, here's how middle schoolers can literally give themselves, uh, not literally, I'm using that ter- that word completely incorrectly here's how here's how middle schoolers can figuratively give themselves you know plastic Matt, surgery. you gotta be careful because there's a lot of foreign listeners who have actually written us that they work on their english <laughs> this podcast. I, which is why i have to correct myself i'm but sorry like, you were making a really great point though so face yeah. facetune is an app designed by a company so that middle schoolers can give themselves plastic surgery in their photos like i don't want to be an old man and say are these kids today with their social media but that is very troubling to yeah, me really, and i don't really know how to get Great point. When I think of myself back in middle school, like I was thinking about this the other day, just like a time when I would have been concerned about self-image. I I felt so awkward in my body. (laughs) And if I had to put that out there and like be and be accepted for the way that I look at that time, that's yeah, that you're right. That's really dark and could be potentially really damaging. I'm always so glad that we didn't have social media when I was in middle school. But yeah, this like really multiplies it. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sad. Guys, I have some news for you, too. What? In November 2018, Facetune raised an additional $60 million. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. (laughs) That was like a couple weeks ago. In the video, they said an additional $60 million so that middle schoolers can keep editing their faces. Yeah. But the best is... Yeah, sorry. Oh, oh, it's okay. Over a million images are exported daily. It's like between a million and 1.5. I love it though. Their mission is like, you know, like all Silicon Valley companies, they like claim they're changing the world. (laughs) Like what? (laughs) What are you talking about? I should have, I should have written down like the statement that I read in like the, I was reading some article. I don't know if it's their mission statement, but it was like absurd. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I can't get over how dark that, and I had not heard of Facetune 
before we um, set up this interview. But at least for Snapchat and Instagram and stuff, it's like the purpose of those networks is to share content with your friends and, and communicate. To my understanding, the only purpose of Facetune is to like tweak your face and then you share it or whatever you upload other places. What I assume, but like yeah. that seems incredibly dark. The 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 the, the selfie like I'm modifying my appearance. That's almost like a it, it's a troubling byproduct of the social media craze but this is a an app specifically designed to modify your own appearance and that feels really rough to me i haven't used the app but i can only assume that the way you modify it too is to like look like one particular standard of beauty like i bet everybody's making their noses smaller their cheekbones thinner like i it's all people are gonna look the same on there no matter what probably Mm -hmm. like yeah Mm -hmm. Um, just like traditional plastic surgery, I think was like one face. And when you saw that face in the street, you knew they got plastic surgery. <laughs> I'm sure it's like pretty, but I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Again, I haven't used it. Man, I don't know. I mean, but I thought Maria brought up a really good point at the end about like opening up your perspective on this sort of thing. And like maybe if you have like her talking about um, her own experience with, you know, having that dog bite and everything, like maybe... I don't know, like put to good use, these these kinds of things could be good. But Matt, you just took it to the really dark end of the spectrum. Well, and Marla, yeah. Marla has a very, Marla is an adult and she has a mature, logical and well thought out perspective on this thing yes. and her own perception of herself. Like she's very self-aware and as an adult, she made a decision. I am worried about kids who are psychologically, neurologically, incapable of making good decisions about this stuff but and yet the apps are in their hands 24 7 right it's it's i don't know i'd be curious about the ages of people getting these procedures too yeah Uh, that they're going to get younger yeah yeah there's been a 137 percent increase in plastic surgery in millennials just spouting out some statistics <laughs> and things that I looked up beforehand. <laughs> but that's a large increase. I don't know. I'm just so torn between like, oh my gosh, look at this increase. This wouldn't be happening versus like, this has always been happening. And I guess it's better than the, you know, celebrity versions or people not talking about it. Like, I'm really not sure. And what are you guys, what's your take on the um, the point that Marla made where your resume is your professional, uh, your public facing professional accomplishments. And we all bullshit our resumes. Mm-hmm. And so the the social media profiles are the physical version of this um, pers- of this presence. And we all bullshit our physical, pre- our physical presence of like, we take flattering angles and we take good lighting and we only post the nice stuff. Like I get that analogy and I understand it, but I guess my pushback there is that like, you can modify your own career and you can work hard to to change certain aspects of your career or your professional resume when it comes to your your face um it's not the same you know it's it feels why does that feel different i think it depends on what industry you're in as performers unfortunately are are we like that would we would have to keep up good social media profiles honestly i don't it's bad you have a, I think you have a great profile though, but like I have scaled back on performance <laughs> quite a bit and I'm, I'm mostly focusing on podcasting now and some other things that I do, but it's because, I mean, part, there's like just so much pressure <laughs> to well, look and be a certain way. For me, it's like, what is society value, right? So if we told people more to value those professional accomplishments versus valuing people's looks and social media is completely about looks, like nobody is like posting 
uh, I mean, you'll see celebration photos, but it's, I mean, it's not about celebrating accomplishments. It's about looks. So, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah and, and there's no question of that. I'm, I'm having trouble framing the question. I guess I'm saying you can do things to change your resume mm-hmm. and you can bullshit on your resume in the same way that you can do things on your um on your physical on taking photos of yourself that's like very flattering and you're sort of bullshitting there but if you physically change your appearance with plastic surgery that feels like it's a very loaded word but i'm only using it in this analogy it feels like lying whereas uh, buffing up your resume feels like bullshitting you're saying it's, there's a difference a when job, you go and do the surgery versus the editing I, yes, okay. I feel like there is, and and maybe to extend the analogy, um, you're bullshitting on your resume like I oversaw like all these projects and I'm so great versus I'm putting a job on there that I never had and it's a total lie. That seems equivalent to like I changed the physical structure of my face. Yeah, a little bit a, a, because a it's still your before. face that you've optimized. But I see your point in the sense that like bullshitting a resume is on paper it's not your actual experience so editing is like kind of you know digital paper versus your real life looks because it was also interesting when she was saying like you know i'll go out no makeup no fillers whatever no problem like it's really just for social media but if it is just for social media then wouldn't you just stick with editing on facetune uh right yeah. I have the same That's question we should have asked that question i thought about <laughs> it and then yeah, yeah. um yeah but I but, but I kind of I kind of get what she's saying too at the same time where it's like this obsession that is fueled when you're looking at all these images versus like I don't know going out and grabbing a cup of coffee and you forget all about it. I don't know. We didn't ask. So yeah, I we'll find never it, know. Yeah, I just find it so interesting and so relatable and understandable and also so heartbreaking. <laughs> Yeah, so, all of those things. Um, I respect the permanence of a digital thing, like a photo or a video. Like I am, uh, as you guys know, I'm a perfectionist. So anything I put onto the world, it needs to be perfect, whether it's a photo or a podcast or whatever. And so, and I'm less, I, I care less about sort of what Marla was saying of like, hey, we're just chatting, whatever. This will fade away. No one will remember that. I That difference is very apparent to me and I, I, I respect it. So you do have the hmm. answer then. No, I, I got this one's so hard. This yeah. one's really hard. <laughs> I don't know. I was just thinking about uh, one time I came home from college and I was hanging. This is going to, this sounds so random, but I don't know. <laughs> this just made me think of this. I came home from college. I was hanging out with my mom and it was, she was still, it was before she retired. So she was still working like full days. And uh, we were sitting on the couch like late at night. I had just gotten in and I, she looked so beautiful and I was like I'm thinking about Marla talking about how beautiful her mom is and I was like mom you look so beautiful (laughs) and she was like honey it's because I just worked a full day of work and I really like what I'm doing and I feel really fulfilled oh my god that's (laughs) what your mother said my mom's fucking awesome that's the best thing I've ever heard yeah one time too uh it was raining (laughs) outside and like you know like I use like a blow dryer in my hair the whole nine and that's um, smart that she's like I have a daughter and I'm gonna tell her it's because I feel so fulfilled well if she was that yeah that's the next level so going out in the rain, I, I was like scared to get my hair wet. And she was like, well, honey, the rain makes you beautiful. <laughs> my mother. And they, these things did stick with me. So uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Can we have yeah. your mom on the podcast? I, oh, my God. Let's interview oh my Mama Jen. God. Let's do it. My cousins, actually, Eric and Jen, uh, shout out because Eric listens to it. But th- they make a big point. They have a daughter of like not saying certain things around her. And like the mother will never complain 
to her own sister on the phone about like, oh, I'm feeling fat today. Or this, you know, those that kind of shit. Like they just mm-hmm. they refuse. Yeah. They make a big point about not doing it in front of the daughter because I do think it's a really that, good idea. Yeah, it's yeah. hard though because then they go out into the world and like that's. It, and plus, we're all feeling those things. Like, you know, I think all of us feel insecure, but just like to not state it out loud takes a lot of work, especially in front of your kids. Yeah, but you know what? Fuck the world, because so much of this is about what you perceive at home and peers and family members so that if you're equipping your children with these sort of bad body image like avenues, then they will take those avenues out in the world. But if they if, if those things are alien to them, if they never even thought about it, then going out into the world is just like, oh, oh, you're weird. I, why, why do you think badly of yourself? I, like everyone is insecure. I, don't know. I but think like, that's rose colored glasses. I think definitely like no matter how positive things are at home, you're getting so many outside influences. Of course. But I think that the home influence is if you were carving it up into a pie, that it's a huge chunk that may not like fully outweigh, but if you were to single it out, it's the largest or one of the most important chunks. It gives you the tools to cope with all the shit that's in the outside world. If you don't have it, then you are at a severe disadvantage, let's say. I don't know about that. I like pie though. I do like pie. I like a lot of pie. <laughs> uh, the willingness of parents to have co- like hard conversations with their kids when their kids come to them with issues about this too. And mm-hmm. yeah, uh, it seems like it plays a big role, but hard to say because, yeah, I don't know. Hard to say. But we do want to hear what you guys think, <laughs> <laughs> as always. So uh, tweet at us. I'm at Allie Gold. And I'm at June Bugger. Uh, you can email us at 2G1podcast at gmail.com or you can leave us a voicemail. You can call us and uh, we might play the voicemail on the show. That number is 347-871-6548. That number again, 347-871-6548. And if you would like to speak with us sort of uh, in real time, pop into our Discord server. That's discord.gg slash 2G1P. Uh, there are a bunch of people hanging out there, like hundreds of people. Oh my god, large having- conversation about porn that I missed <laughs> over the weekend. I was like, wow, they're really rolling with this without me. <laughs> Yeah. And as we always say, people are suggesting show topics. They're suggesting guests and we're taking suggestions. Oh my gosh. Wait, can we give a shout out to Chad who gave us the idea for the Esperanto episode? And we forgot to give you a shout out there, Chad. We're so sorry. Thank you, Chad. And if you would like to make a contribution to Two Girls, One Podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash 2G1P. And any amount, big or small, we will be eternally grateful to you. And we will call you out on the show, perhaps. So thanks, guys. Um, And again, let us know what you think about this week's show. We would love to hear. Pop into our Discord, tweet at us, and we'll catch you next time. See ya. Jennifer Tamula and Allison Goldberg and Foot Under the Knife, a.k.a. edited by Matt Silverman in New York City. Additional cutting on this episode by Logan Yuri. Production assistance is provided by the Podglomerate Network. Thank you to Penguin Random House Audio for supporting this episode. You can download your favorite Penguin audiobooks in the apps you already use or browse their selection of popular titles at Penguin Random House audio.com slash two girls one podcast the podglomerate a sonic universe